Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Otsukare. host Bento, a master's first year student, G30, studying biology, more specifically brain development in zebrafish because humans are illegal for now. Today for our guest we have uh, one of my closest friends and we've been friends for like what five years now? Yeah and through our episode today I'm hoping we'll unearth some new information that I haven't known before. So, our guest, Shehab. Woohoo! Hey everyone, nice How to meet you all. Doing? Yeah. Introduce yourself, go ahead. Uh, my name is Shahab, and I'm a second year master's student at Nagoya University's G30 master's program. I'm currently studying in the School of Science in the Department of Particle, Astrophys- and, Particle and Astrophysics. And... Um, so I was born in Egypt, and I'm an Egyptian, but I haven't lived there in a while uh, because my parents' jobs took us to different places. And after I finished my high schooling, I decided to come to pursue a degree in theoretical physics for my bachelor's degree. And I chose to come to Japan, and um, I loved it very much. And I stayed in Japan for four years, then I decided to stay again for two more years uh, by re-entering the G30 program uh, in my master for my master's study, and uh, currently I am thinking about football. So nice to meet you all. <laughs> Good to know football, yay! As I've as I've said before, <laughs> as I mentioned, we've been friends for um, five years now, and first we met at dorm. He came to dorm to greet the new students, I think, with someone else. And then I saw you through the glass door and I was like, he's kind of tall. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay. And then after that, I blank out. And then <laughs> I have some troubles with math, because math, you know. And then I talked to him and he's like, oh, I'm pretty good at math. I can tutor you. And I was like, yes, tutor me. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then I don't know, from like drawing graphs, because X relates to this, Y, and whatever. We, I don't know, it turned super wholesome, and now we're like bro and sister. Aww. Yeah, that's exactly how this it is, happened. This is, this is content. This is, this don't is, trust it. This is, um, this is highly edited. Yeah. Um, math brought us together. Yeah. Study math, kids. Um, is there any like moment where you're like, ah, uh, this is Bento, <laughs> you know, from five years. It's been a while. From five years? Yeah. Is it five years? This is the fifth year. Hmm. I think you do this thing with your hands. You wait, where you clap and you do this. That's Bento. What? <laughs> yeah. Like if you guys can't see it right now, but I I'm doing like jazzy hands, and you do that a lot. Yeah, exactly. You usually say, like, 
<laughs> and then you do this. What? <laughs> okay, we're learning new stuff about the host uh, as well. <laughs> okay, that's so weird. I had no idea. See, now you're learning more about yourself. Yeah. And now I'm going to be super self-conscious. <laughs> now it's my turn to interview okay. you. Jesus. I remember the first time that I remember seeing you was in Family Mart. <gasps> what? Yes. I didn't know that you speak Russian and I was speaking some basic Russian. Oh, yeah. And well, then you caught me in the act. Yeah, I am so good at Russian. Listen, hello. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. That's... That's crazy. Right? It's been five very short years. Oh, my God. For me, it was so long. Oh, okay. That's my fault. It was that's on me. That's on Every me. time I see you, it's like, ah. Oh. It, it, that's on me. I, I'll take this one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's been great. So, now we can get on to a bit more specific topic and more serious, I guess. I mean, not really that serious. You could introduce what you, your specific research is. Oh. Yeah. So, my specific research is to um, find out how to describe the universe in different ways. So currently, our current description of the universe is to describe it at every single point and describe what kind of interactions and what kind of uh, different possibilities are there for particles to meet and greet with each other, what what particles like each other, what particles do not like each other, uh, which particles um, can see each other, and which ones are like almost transparent to each other. They don't even feel each other being there. And so that's the current description. But another description that uh, physicists have been considering recently is to consider uh, whether all of these uh, interactions or all of these uh, guidebooks are written somewhere else, mm -hmm. somewhere very far, far away uh, at the boundary of the universe. So the boundary of the universe is a highly imaginative place where uh, at least physicists think currently it looks like the boundary of a diamond and that diamond is called the Penrose diagram. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Along the sides, along the edges uh, of that diamond, we can we can try to find what kind of inscription can be written on the sides of that diamond that can result in nice uh, properties of matter on the inside. And what's it's sort of how uh, a hologram is just given by the the interactions of different lights within a material and uh, different amplitudes and how they interact to make a three D image just from a two-dimensional source at mm -hmm. the surface, for example. And that's why it's called uh, holography. And so currently I'm trying to study, uh, trying very hard and with little success to study how uh, light can be written in such a way. Uh, so I'm trying, an, I think, a new method that I don't think anyone has tried before. Uh, and I think no one has tried it before for a good reason, <laughs> because it's very hard. And... Uh, yeah, so I hope it reaches somewhere and I hope that I don't run into many um, divergences. So mm -hmm. I don't want any one over zeros appearing in my calculations because that's how, you know, you're wrong. And uh, If it's over zero? Yeah, one by zero is pretty bad. Or mm -hmm. anything by zero is pretty bad. Oh. Uh... And so the zeros appear, one by zero gives you some infinite... Mm -hmm. Not infinite, like undefined quantities yeah. or or uh, quantities that are extremely large that you cannot regulate. And we know our physics is pretty 
nice. Mm-hmm. There's nothing irregular about it. So you shouldn't be expecting some spikes uh, appearing out of nowhere. So I have been faced with a lot of spikes in my calculations recently. Oh. So it's been it's, bad. it's been jamming hard. Yes, right. <laughs> um, from your explanation, I keep thinking about the boundaries of the universe. Uh, this is probably very dumb, but like, who says the universe has a boundary? Why do you need to have like? So actually, saying that the universe has a boundary is an oversimplification. It's uh, Mm -hmm. it's not that the universe itself has a boundary. It's that um, the universe, at least even if we assume that it's infinite, then uh, we can rescale that universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sort of how you can. Take a, rescale the universe and and like kind of try to push it all in into a finite space, even <gasps> even if it's finite. And then when you do this pushing and this tugging in a certain way, mm-hmm. then you end up with a diamond shape. So this way is um, this way is necessary to maintain certain behavior. So what what fixes that way? What fixes that folding and that stretching and that squeezing is uh, maintaining the physical laws. Or at least causality. For example, if something happens before something, then it, it can affect it, but not the other way around. Oh. And uh, if you do it in that way, you end up with a diamond. Huh. So, is that sort of like how the Grinch is on a little snowflake on this big world of Earth? Do you know the Grinch? Is it like Horton Hears a Who? Sort of, yes. Um, it's on a pollen, right? Kind of. But not kind of, because at the, the, the scaling at some point, like at some point you'll have to tug something infinitely uh, because the universe is infinite. So it's not just a finite scaling. You're not just looking back uh, mm. you're, like a finite distance. You're, you're looking back like you're going, you're, you're kind of dividing infinity by infinity in some sense. That is so wild to me. Yes, to me too. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> um, so going back to what you were saying before, um, you said like particles, some particles can get along and some can exist but don't matter to each other. Right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, for... There to be different kinds of interactions, would there need to be like uh, defined amount of behavior for each specific particle, or are they grouped into uh, categories depending on how they behave? Behave, I guess. Yeah, so that's actually quite close to how we classify particles mm-hmm. in in particle physics, which is not where I'm at, uh, which is not what I study, but. Um, I know a bit about it. So in particle physics, you group particles according to their symmetries. So some particles, the particles that have similar or the same symmetries are grouped together. And then, so for example, you have stuff like uh, the electron and the muon and the down are Mm -hmm. are kind of related to each other. Mm -hmm. And you have neutrinos and they're all related to each other. Then you have the quarks and they're all related to each other and so on and so on. And so... um, the standard model is just a catalog of all the different particles that you could find 
mm-hmm. uh, and that you could build use to build other complex particles. And I think there is a there is definitely a finite number of the, the particles in the standard model, mm-hmm. and the, just the different combinations in which they mm-hmm. interact is how you get interesting variations. Right. It's similar to how a game of chess starts with uh, with the same setting, but how you play the pieces ends mm-hmm. up with like. I don't know, like billions of variations, and that's all. Yeah, that's really cool. So the standard model is already a given. It's like uh, uh, already defined for each particle, etc. So the catalog itself is not pretty fixed. There is a lot of, and uh, not not a lot, but there's a few inconsistencies with mm. um, what we observe in reality, and. If we did know it all, then we we obviously would understand the entire universe, which we are pretty far from understanding. But so far, for stuff at least that happens on Earth and the everyday stuff, we kind mm-hmm. of understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yesterday there was a paper about something violating the standard model, but it turns out it, w- it wasn't really a violation. It was um, a, a just a large st- standard deviation away from the value that we'd expect. Um but yeah, the, the standard model is probably not complete and probably mm-hmm. needs a bit of modification and might end up being completely wrong. Might be that we're looking at this the wrong way, but uh, mm-hmm. it's certainly an interesting catalog to have. I see. Uh, for part, are you actually able to observe particles at this point? Um, I'm not quite sure about that because I'm not really involved with the experiments. Uh-huh. But I think that you can image some particles. I know that you can image. Um, I know that you can image atoms. Mm-hmm. So I think you might be able to image some particles if they're large enough for you to image or or something mm-hmm. like that. But how we um, observe particles in particle physics is through detectors that just detect like energy that, that fluxes through a certain mm-hmm. detector and so that's what for example the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland is mm-hmm. about it's just uh, smashing a lot of particles together and observing what uh, comes out which is the current only best way we have of observing how matter interacts that's really cool. Um, yeah, and I think this is a perfect segue to get into uh, for you as a stu- as a president of NUISG to introduce how NUISG came to be and its history and what it's doing right now. Yeah. Okay. So I'd be happy to to discuss the history. So I believe that NUISG started with the start of the G thirty program, and uh, I believe that was started with uh, the help of. Uh, the previous G30 coordinator, uh, mm-hmm. Shobatake-sensei, and uh, a few of my seniors. So at first, I think it was mainly concerned with uh, making an event called the Information Exchange, which has been a regular in all of the admissions processes mm-hmm. so far. It's something that you, one of the first things that you do when you come to Japan as an Aga University G30 student. And um, then there was the cultural event. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, slowly, NUSG started being more active. Uh, and uh, receiving a bigger budget. And I believe that uh, the year I joined NUISG, um, uh, I suggested that we start the sports event with the food mm-hmm. event afterwards. And that was 
quite a nice, uh, quite a nice event that I, I personally enjoyed very much. And then slowly, slowly, it started to die down again. Mm-hmm. Uh, seniors started to leave, and then uh, under the guidance of Professor Oda, the current G thirty coordinator, we started being more active again, and mm-hmm. me having more events and having more. Uh, cultural events such as the calligraphy event if any of you have attended that or remember that and the tea ceremony event if you remember that and um, slowly slowly uh, Hmm. we were becoming a bigger organization that's more involved in in campus life Uh, and then COVID hit and I think that was uh, sort of a blessing in disguise because that's mm-hmm. when we, uh, or that's when members of NUIG suggested that we start the, the social media outreach and we start uh, helping students um, uh, sort of steer their way through this pandemic, which is a very hard thing for everyone to do or anyone to do. And certainly for, for incoming students who are just new to Japan and, and they don't really know what to do, especially mm-hmm. in the case of a pandemic. Um, and that was a that was a brilliant idea. And uh, even though I was doubtful at first, I am really happy to have been proven wrong, and I I am really happy that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was it's an amazing experience, and I think NUSG continues to grow. Now we have about twenty members, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of projects going on. Uh, really exciting projects that I personally am excited about, and uh, I think you'll see more of them in the near future and uh, one of the most exciting projects that we have right now is the podcast that i'm speaking through right now so i'm very thankful for you guys for organizing this uh podcast and for doing all the hard work and uh, it's a pleasure to be here you're welcome (laughs) yes um yeah but for sure because i think since nysg uh started the social media I think it became a more prominent presence because when I first joined, at least in the first two years, there were so many orientations and so many student groups. Uh, I was not sure which one was which. And in a sense, they were doing very similar things. But NUISG, I think, oh, is it kind of wrong to just keep on talking about NUISG as a part of NUISG? (laughs) But it's fine. It's legit stuff. Um... Uh, it's very fresh and it's very innovative in my onion. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what new, what drives NUSG is um, sort of individuality. It's, it's mm-hmm. more focused on individual ideas and, and growing those individual ideas and these individual initiatives mm-hmm. rather than um, uh, rather than moving as a group. So mm-hmm. we we think as individuals but we act as groups and I think mm-hmm. that 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 approach to teamwork and that approach to uh, innovation really brings out the best in both the teamwork and in the innovation. I find that um, decision-making as a team is usually hard to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find that working alone is almost impossible. So thinking yeah. think, thinking as individuals um, who take initiative, who lead their own projects, and uh, they have their own team of pe- supportive friends that, that want to help see their visions um, come through or come to fruition or come to life is is the essence of uh, NUSG, yeah. for me, at least. For sure. Um, and right now you're doing, you're juggling quite a few things, right, with NUSG and your research and 
your upcoming thesis, etc., and your applications as well. So while doing that, um, there's a lot of time management happening and also a long time focusing. So for me, it took a while to get into finding my own style of studying. And even then, sometimes I slip. So I think it would be interesting for you to share your own like tips and tricks of how you stay focused. Um, yeah, so a lot of it is time management and a lot of time is time mismanagement, which is mostly <laughs> what I do. Uh, but I think a lot of things have helped me over the years to, to help, uh, help me be more efficient with my studying process and my, my, um, my efficiency process. The mm-hmm. first of which is um, to, to rest properly and to study properly. So not mm-hmm. to, um, how do you say this? multitask or not to multitask oh. it's it's to n- give everything 100% when you do it especially uh. when you rest especially mm-hmm. when you're taking a break you shouldn't be thinking about studies you shouldn't be thinking about uh work you should yeah. be just fully taking a break you should you should be enjoying that break you should be living in that moment and when you mm-hmm. and after you've satisfied your quota of of fun for the day then you can study then uh you can study more efficiently. And I think at some point, you, you'll reach a point where you can't just have more fun. You, you, you'll need that purpose. You'll need something to do. You'll feel that you're you're wasting time. And that's when you start working. The other thing that I think really helps is to always ask yourself whether you truly understand something, to always challenge your understanding of something, take it to the extremes, take a case that you've never considered. And that's how uh, you learn and that's how... That's also how you research. You find something that you don't understand and you try to understand it. Mm-hmm. And no one understands anything the first time, so that's completely normal. It just takes time, and that's all. Yeah, for sure. I think for me as well as a lot of people is to properly rest because we're always feeling guilty, like, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And I think a lot of at least my problems stem from that. And yeah, like you said... Uh, it takes a while to get to it, to understand how you study as well. So everyone keep on going. And this is just a tip, so it doesn't have to apply to anyone. So uh, Yeah, I think that's the best advice I can mm-hmm. give anyone, is that uh, no matter what advice I give you, it's going to be wrong. No matter what anyone tells you is going to help you study is wrong. It's mm-hmm. because... Every person has their own approach to everything. And even the advice that I give you, you'll probably interpret it in a way that, that's completely different from how I interpret it or how I imagine it. Yeah, that's and true. so um, it's about finding your rhythm, your your way. And yeah. uh, I think, uh, yeah, whatever they told you, they lied. <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah. I think that was a nice wrap up of our segment. And now we can move on to the next segment, which is Rapid Fire Questions. So I have a bunch of questions which you're supposed to answer as fast as you can. If you're slow, you're done. Okay? So, are you ready? Nope. Are you ready? Nope. Be ready. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Best chilling spot on campus? Still the auditorium. Best combini slash cafe? Seattle. Okay, next, best event... Craig's, Craig's. I take that back. It's Craig's when it was open. But yeah, Seattle now. Yeah, 
rest in peace, Craigs. We we miss you dearly. Yeah, we good. love you. Come back, come back to us. Um, next is best event you've attended at Mayday sports event. NUSG. Um, describe yourself in three words slash phrases. Um, football and curly hair and PS PlayStation. Uh, one cool fact from your research field. Uh, black holes have hairs. That's crazy. We'll have to come back to that. Um, your coolest friend, face me. You. Thanks. Weirdest thing you saw someone do? Hug a tree on campus last week. Mood, honestly. Uh, favorite word? Noise. Favorite course at Nagoya University? Calculus 1. Wow. That goes way back. Actually. Right? Yeah. Professor Serge. Is it because I tutored you for Calculus 1? Never know. <gasps> never know. That's crazy. Okay, that's... Um, Basically, it for our rapid five questions, but I have to ask you. How did I do? I know. You'll have to come back. I'll come back next time with a mustache. Yes. <gasps> Shabinho. That's crazy. Right? Yes. Okay. Um, one thing that blew my mind just now was black holes have hairs. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, so I think the, the, the idea that black holes have. Uh, Hairs, the hairs is the name of um, what information comes out of a black hole or what information we can see of a black hole. So Is that the radio static stuff? No? Mm, not quite. So okay. there's, a, there's a theorem in uh, physics called the no-hair theorem. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says that, hair, that black holes are bold. And in the sense that we can only get Three pieces of information, three hairs from a black hole. Its mass, its angular momentum, and its charge. Mm -hmm. And anything else is, we cannot know. Because the, the black hole is just a region where all information disappears. But uh, I think recently there are people who are arguing that black holes do indeed have hair, called uh, either soft hair or scatter hair. So scatter hair is when you, when you consider theories where you can couple uh, the, the electromagnetic fields Never mind, that's too complicated. But <laughs> the idea is that um, black holes don't have hard information. Their hair is not thick. You can only get really partial information from black holes. Huh. So hair as in spelled like... H-A-I-R. Yeah. Why is it called hair again? I have no idea. I think it's when you sketch it out on, on a physics book and you want to characterize a black hole by something, you draw a line... Then it makes it look like a, a head with hair, maybe. I I don't know. You're the physicist. Am I? <laughs> wow. Wait. So initially, it was thought that black holes are bald. Yes. But now then you could only get three hairs. Yes. If it has, if you can get three hairs, how is it bald? That's pretty bald. <laughs> if you only have three hairs, that's pretty bald. This is blowing my mind. Not the black hole itself, but the both. <laughs> wow. Well, that's so interesting, though. Black I should holes. do a balding special. Brain lines. <laughs> brain lines. Because he has brain lines. Yes. 
apparently they're called brain lines, not receding hairline. Yes, they're called brain lines. That's, that's how we refer to them in the physics community. It's just it. No, it's just me. <laughs> um, so, from your long years of being a human being and being a physicist here, either at Nagoya University or just in life general, is there like something, uh, like a lesson that changed your life? A lesson that changed my life? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are two lessons that changed my life. Mm-hmm. The first of which is that um, there is no such thing as the end un- until you decide that something is the at the end of your experience. So uh, if at some point you don't succeed, that doesn't. Th- this is why are you choosing to evaluate yourself at that point? Why is why that point in time? Mm. This is not the end. This is not the final result. Even exams are designed to make them called. They're called final exams, but they're truly not final exams. There's another exam after that, and there's another year after that, and so on and so on. Even if you fail, there's another year of that, so it's it's not final at all. There's not nothing final about it, mm-hmm. and so you should never stop because it, it's only when you truly stop that you set the ending at that point, and and you like, and then you can say like, oh, I've reached the end. Mm-hmm. But if you never stop, then you never reach the end. True. So that's one thing, and the other thing that I I would say changed my perspective on a lot of stuff is that. Um, I think anyone can do anything, but not in the sense that everyone was born ready to do everything, but that in the sense that anyone can stop and start at any mm-hmm. point and be like, today I'm going to devote my life to uh, to eating healthier mm-hmm. or to working out more or to studying better or to mm-hmm. challenging myself more into that time. And the more time you invest into something, the more mm-hmm. you get in return. Uh, whether that whether that is a small amount or a big amount or an immediate amount or a long time, uh, long investment return thing amount, then uh, you still get something at the end. So no one is born smart, no one is born skilled, no one is born artistic, no one is born uh, in anything except born human and people, some people notice that they're good initially at something and that's why they decide to push for it but at, at some point they have to face a stagnation point where they have to push themselves otherwise mm-hmm. they'll, they'll plateau and that's what matters whether uh, you push forward when you plateau or you don't and if you ever decide to quit something it shouldn't be because you gave up on that thing or you think you can't do it mm-hmm. it's because you should you should realize that you can do it but you're not willing to invest that much time into it because you're just simply not interested in it yeah. And that's, I think, what keeps me going is because uh, even when I feel that I'm uh, not not reaching anywhere or like it, today is not my day in research or something went wrong, it's not because I can't do it. It's just because, you know, it's hard. It, mm-hmm. th- that's how research is. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, was there any specific event that, made you come to this conclusion or to learn this lesson? I think it's an opinion that I've formulated over time. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything uh, specific that led me to, to realize that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's something that I gained over time. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what else? What's the next one? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's actually really valid, and 
Um, if there was like one lesson or one thing in general that you wish everyone on earth basically knew, what would that be for you? I think it would pretty much be th those two things mm -hmm. that I said previously. Especially the second one, because I think a lot of people uh, don't get, go into certain fields or don't go into certain uh, areas of art or areas of career because they think they can't do it. They're just not born to do mm -hmm. it. They're not cut out to do it. It's too late for them. Mm -hmm. But that's not yeah. what I, not what I believe. I believe that you can stop at any moment and be like, I'll find a way to to do that. Yeah. And so I don't think you should ever feel that you're not good enough to do something. I think you should just do it out of interest. If you're not interested in it, then it's the field's loss and not your loss. You're, you're mm. not the one who's ill-suited to that field. The mm. field is just ill-suited to you. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that really makes me sad is that uh, when people want to try like art or drawing or whatever, a lot of times it It, they want like outside validation and if outside validation doesn't match your expectation you think you're bad That's and true. then they stop and then they don't try again and if they grow old as well they're like oh it's too late for me etc yep. and I think it's important to know that it's totally up to you to decide if you continue or if you start something new as well and if you end something That's true. Yeah. Preach. Preach. Facts. Um, so I've been wondering for a while, like, what made you want to be a physicist? Like, if you weren't a physicist, what would you be doing? I think if I wasn't a physicist, I'd be trying to be a physicist. And I, I'm, I'm certainly not a physicist by any means by now, because I think that's something that you gain, a title that you gain probably after your PhD. But mm -hmm. if I wasn't in physics right now, I'd be trying to get into physics somehow mm -hmm. uh, or I'd be trying to stick as close as possible to physics for me to uh, sort mm -hmm. of join the lane mm -hmm. or uh, yeah I think I don't I think that physics is related to my purpose mm -hmm. in some sense or it's intimately intertwined with mm -hmm. my purpose and that's why I think I, I, I do physics yeah. Um, yeah. have you always known Like you wanted to be a physicist, what, what like drives you? What first led you to this interest? Uh, I don't think I've always wanted to be a physicist, but I think it started out very early. I remember that, uh, and I think that has to. It's mostly thanks to my grandpa, mm -hmm. who, um, who, who always, uh, who would always show me that a broken, broken toys are not broken toys, and that you can make stuff out of broken toys. And so he'd always supply me with broken uh, motors from toy cars or broken uh, wheels from toy cars. And then we'd stick them together in different ways. And he's the first person who showed me how to make a circuit and how circuitry works, uh, mm -hmm. how to connect stuff in series and how to connect stuff in parallel. And from there, we started making small projects like a small fan at first. That's the first thing we did. Mm -hmm. And then slowly, slowly, we started making one-wheeled cars, which I believe are not called cars, and then, like, humanoid-like cars, and so on and so on. And then I started asking questions about if, if, if that's how 
cars work then how then how do the motors themselves work mm-hmm. and then tried to make my own motor failed miserably then i made my own generator and it was okay uh then i tried to make a light bulb and then i tried to understand why certain stuff work and certain mm-hmm. stuff don't work and the deeper you look the the more the answer converges to the fact that you have to study physics to know more mm-hmm. and that's why i believe i became interested in physics because mm-hmm. i think the answer to the question how does this work mm-hmm. always leads you to physics if you keep asking that question the answer becomes more and more physical mm-hmm. except if you ask about how your body works then that's Mm-hmm. I think it's still in the end like molecules, atoms and then particles. I think it always comes down to the particles. That's true, but I think biology is just so complex and so mm-hmm. intricate the, the the way that that the organism is organized or even cells or even like worms or bacteria or there're such complex mm-hmm. little machines and it's so amazing and so mesmerizing and it's something that physicists could never study because physics is the study of the simplest case in most cases hmm. we in order to be able to model the simplest case you have to you have to make a lot of assumptions that simplify all of your calculations but in the case of biology you guys tackle on the, the most complex beings in the universe and that's the human body or the cells or the organisms mm. and that's that's pretty brave Huh. to do i would oh. say thank you <laughs> um yeah that was very interesting five years and today i know that his interest in physics is thanks to his grandpa cheers grandpa <laughs> um i think this is a great time to wrap up our session yep. today thank you for joining um and before we end i'd like to refresh everyone's mind on what Otskare is all about, Otskare is all about. So this is our podcast that will give you new episodes every other Friday. And the point is for us to come together and chill and relax after a long week of studying and working and hustling. And we derived the name Otskare from the Japanese phrase Otskare sama desu, which means good job you did great and this is us trying to tell you that we do care about you and that you did great throughout your week and um we'd like to share our biggest oscars um from our weeks um I, i'll go first i guess <laughs> that's very humble of you it's very it's, it's very noble no i just want to <laughs> okay <laughs> um uh for me it was the fact that i could wake up early on time to do my injections uh, experiments and i've been getting to bed pretty early as well so i'm getting my sleep schedule fixed and i feel that a good sleep schedule just translates to a overall productive and nicer days um so that was my biggest oscar and how about you i think my biggest oscar for the day sitting here <laughs> no i think it's, oh, no. it's probably it's probably uh replying to emails or messages that, that came throughout the week the mm-hmm. the school semester is starting and that's a really hectic time yeah to be dealing with stuff i just i just got to know that i'm required to take another credit that just 
came up as a well, thing, so. I thought you were done. I thought I was done too. Yeah. But yeah, I have to take more classes. You've been slacking. No, it's just a, a, cre- a new credit that just got invented. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how you doing? <laughs> Take I'm me. in your life again. Yeah, so. But yeah, that's crazy. I'm, right? taking, I'm taking more classes this semester too. It's kind of exciting. Nice. Yeah, let's go. Okay, thank you for joining me today. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I'd like to thank you very much for being an amazing host and for being so confident and so easy to talk to and for making life easier for me. I didn't think it was, I struggled at all, except in the rapid fire thing that was pretty That's harsh. the point. But that's the point, yeah. yeah. And you did great in that. And I would like to thank the people behind the cameras who are uh, have have survived the day uh, shooting and testing the sound. And I have the people behind the laptops who are looking at their laptops right now. And they're <laughs> going to look at me because I'm talking to them. <laughs> and, and Yeah, so thank you all. And thank I would like to thank the entire podcast team for an amazing work and I'd like to thank everyone who stayed with us for I don't know 20, 30, 40 minutes of talking and you've tuned tuned in and I hope that the next speaker will provide you with even more interesting stuff definitely more interesting stuff and yeah thank you everyone and Oscar Samadis Oscar Samadis um so uh you can follow our podcast on Instagram at g30xnuisg and you can also find out about other new and exciting projects on there as well. And we'd like to hear your biggest Otskares from us for the week as well. So um, send in your Otskares. We'll be waiting on our Instagram story. So how do they send in? Uh, we'll have a story with the question box that will have, What's your Otskare? And then you'll have to type in, my biggest Otskare was that I had hung out with new people. I made a boyfriend. You made a boyfriend? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's that's some stuff. That's what that we do bio in bio labs. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. You harvest ovaries and you make boyfriends. Exactly. So, let us know. We care. It might sound, you know, weird. Like, I'm just talking to a microphone and it seems like I won't listen. But I will. I will know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Way to scare our audience. Yes, okay. it's fine. We'll see you. Not see you. We'll talk to you, talk at you through our next episode. Bye. Bye bye. Atsukare samadis. Atsukare samadis.